Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is the son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Kadesh in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Dagwood Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. Receive the grace of God 
walk on my child for I have called you oh signs and wonders mighty deeds great accomplishments shall be your testimony and you stand and receive the word of God. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. Our rock and our redeemer, pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together as you take your seats. The title of my short message um, this morning, which is our ordination message and a message to the ordinance, is I wish you loyalty. Amen. 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 I wish you loyalty. You know, when it's someone's birthday, they say, I wish you long life. I wish you prosperity. I wish you health. I wish you goodness. I wish you different things um but you know the man behind the sound can you improve the sound for me but i want to say to the ordinance and to the rest of us but especially to the ordinance that i wish you loyalty amen, amen. first corinthians chapter 4 verse 1 he says let a man so judge us because human beings um, unfortunately, are some of the greatest judges and critics, you know, especially Ghanaians. Every Ghanaian should be the president. I think that every Ghanaian should be given the opportunity to be the president of Ghana, maybe for one week. Because Ghanaians seem to know how to solve every problem in Ghana, you know, especially when they are in opposition. It is like the higher and the more important you are in Ghana, the more you think you know how to govern the country. When we can, we'll do, say, we'll do this. If I was the president, I'll do that. You know? One president, one presidential opposition, one opposition candidate, you know, he um, was speaking. Then he said, look, all that we know is that a comedian. <laughs> At that time, he was in opposition. When he finally became the president, he saw that the hunger became more 
in the country even than when he was in opposition. So you see, human beings love to criticize because I think it makes us feel good. And, be, and it makes us feel that we know. And human beings like to feel that they know. So Paul said, let a man judge us. Or since, or since you are judging, judge. That we are ministers of Christ. And that we are also stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewards of, um, or ministers of Christ means that we are servants. A minister is a servant. Unfortunately, today's ministers, we, we look anything but servants. We look kingly. And we like to present ourselves as kings. Unfortunately. But the Bible says that if you judge us, you see that we are ministers of God. We are servants of God. We serve in the church. And also, we are also stewards. A steward is a servant of the mysteries of Christ. Verse 2. Moreover, that means more important than being a, than being a minister of Christ. More important than being a steward of the mysteries of God. More important than being anointed. All the problems in the church come from anointed men. And I think that is why the Bible says that by their fruits you shall know them. Not by their gifts you shall know them. Not by their anointing you shall know them. Not by their talents you shall know them. But by their fruits. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love. By their love, you shall know them. So when you see anybody, anybody at all, no matter the title he carries, who is not walking in love, it means that he has not borne the fruits of the Spirit. Maybe he has risen to high heights in ministry by his gifts and his talents, but not by fruits. A fruit is internally born, but gifts are given. You can give even a five-year-old a big gift. It doesn't mean he's even mature enough. You know, when my um, second son was in class, I think class three or something, they came home one day and my wife said the school called her that they wanted to jump him, that he was very intelligent. So they wanted to jump him <laughs> to the next class. When I heard, I said, no. He's intelligent, but he's not wise. He should stay where he is. He needs to mature to understand that one plus one is equal to two. It's not the only thing you need for life. Yes. I said, no, 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 no. He should stay where he is. By the time you see, you have jammed him and then he has failed totally in life. And I turned out to be right. <laughs> So the Bible says the fruits, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness. The Bible says against such there is no law. So never be impressed by the gift someone carries. In fact, in the book of Revelation, the Bible says that when the beast comes out of the bottomless pit, he will do lying signs and wonders to sway the whole world after him. Never follow the gifting of somebody. Always follow the fruits of the person. Amen. So he said, moreover, more important than healing the sick, 
It's those who heal the sick who break away from churches <laughs> with their congregation. Those who have dreams, those who are the gifts of the spirit, those who are the anointing, they are the greatest danger to the church. So, Paul, through his experience, said, more important than all of these things, it is required in stewards, in servants. And you know, can't you see that he didn't address it to the ministers? He addressed it to the stewards of the mysteries of God. Those working in the anointings are the ones he seemed to be concerned about. He said, it is required in stewards, not your gift that you have, not your ability to work in the mysteries of God, but that you should be found faithful. That word faithful is from the Greek word fidel, which means loyal, reliable, trustworthy, constant, always there. That word loyalty means what you said 15 years ago is the same thing you are saying now. That word means that what you say in church is the same thing you say at home. That means that what you say when the pastor is there is the same thing you say when the pastor is not there. That word means that when you sit in the meeting and you agree, you don't go and disagree and have a meeting. One day, there was a family and they wanted to do some joint program. I said, no. Don't ever do two brothers and three sisters so we are all one. <laughs> Never do it. Then they asked me why. Then I advised the person. I told the person that the problem is not from you and your brothers and sisters. The problem is that everybody is married to somebody. And when you sit down at the family meeting, two brothers, three sisters, and you take the decision, everybody goes home, they have somebody who whisper in their ear. <laughs> yes. That is where the problem comes from. Not from the five of you who grew up together. But the other people that the five of you have got to attach yourself to, everybody has his own aims for life. And when they went to have the meeting, the mother said, why are you not doing the thing together? Later on, when they took my advice and everybody went his own way, even within their own way, <laughs> within their own way, one of their brothers, his wife went to whisper to him in the bed, if they had not followed my advice and each went his own way people who grew up together would have become enemies yes so when I say I wish you loyalty it's because each of you will have people whispering to you in that day determined to be constant determined to be reliable that wherever you are, that you are alone there and no one can see you, we can be sure that the person we sent there is the same person who it is today. Amen. Amen. I wish you loyalty. He said that a man, a steward, be found constant. In 20 years, may you be the same. You have not changed. 
For he said, I am the Lord. I change not. Then he went on to say, verse 3. But with me, it is nothing important to me that I should be judged of you. I wish you loyalty. May you never get to the place where people's opinions matter to you. Or are important to you. May you never get there. Paul said, for me, it's nothing at all that you should judge of me. That you should judge me. Yea, I judge not my own self. Leave your judgments to God. Even of yourself. Whether good or not good. The Bible says that it is the word of God which is able to divide even the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You, the Bible says that every man shall declare his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. You see, we, we, we quote that verse positively, but the opposite is also true. You may think of yourself as a bad person, but God may see you as a good person. So don't think of yourself as good or bad. Leave that judgment to God. Unfortunately, when we judge ourselves, we always come out good. <laughs> that's why that's more of a big problem. Think about this. When you steal something, you say it's because you were hot, but you are not a thief. But you were in a situation that you were tight and you didn't know what to do and you were hungry. If you didn't eat, you died. So that's why you stole. But when somebody else steals, he's a thief. <laughs> but when you steal, it's because you were hot. That's why you should never even judge your own self, whether good or bad. Paul went on to say, for I know, why are you clapping? Ah, it was a good point. If you are clapping, clap well. (laughs) Verse 4. For I know nothing by myself. You see, what you don't know is that maybe you, you even did something wrong. But God could see the 10,000 demons who pressurized you to do something that you normally not have done. That's why Paul said, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Then he went on to explain that because of that, I do the things I don't want to do. And I end up not doing the thing that I want to do. Therefore, when I sin, it is not me that I sin, but sin that dwelleth in me. You see, God sees beyond what you know. That's why Paul said that I do not even judge myself. Even me who is doing it, I don't judge myself. Many people have left God because they think that God has not forgiven them. Whereas God even forgave them before they committed the act. Therefore, never judge yourself. Leave all judgments to God. Good or bad, leave it to God. He said, For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judges me is the Lord. And finally, therefore, because of all these things I've said, now remember that all these things are related to loyalty. He said, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the righteous judge comes. Who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness? The reality, we usually interpret these things as bad things being done. But good things can also be done in darkness. And you may not even know that this bad thing that has happened, the person actually had a good reason for doing it, but it didn't turn out well. So judge nothing before the time. That is why Paul even went on to say that brother ticket brother to court 
and that before the unjust. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. If the most unchristian act you can ever commit is to take your fellow brother to court. When we were building this place, I was here one day, I think when, when we were doing the tiles, when one of our pastors called, you know, that he needed to see me urgently. One of his sheep in one of our branches had taken one of his employees in the same church to the police station. That his, that his sheep, who is also his employee, has stolen his money. <laughs> it's a true story. The police station here. When I heard it, I said no. Then that's when I quoted this scripture. That the Bible says, brother taketh brother to court to their law and that before the unjust. My brothers, these things, that is the worst thing you can do. So I told him, call the employer to come and see me. So the employer came. Then I asked him, you say you are Reverend Minister. I said this. I said, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? The Bible says that you should not take your brother to court. If you are stolen your money, don't we solve it among ourselves in court? If we cannot help ourselves as Christians, do we take the, your fellow Christian for an unbeliever to judge? He was quiet. Then I told him, you are his shepherd. You are also his boss. You should understand that people steal because they are hot. <laughs> yes. If you, if you were paying him well, would you have got to steal the money? So I told him, number one, withdraw the case from the police station immediately. And number two, dash him money. <laughs> it's true. I told him, dash him money to go home and to buy some things for his wife and children. He looked at me like <laughs> I'm not a human being. Then I said, do it. This is how to be a Christian. Jesus Christ said, anybody who slaps you on your left cheek, turn the right also. So I told him, withdraw the case from court. Then apologize to him and dash him money and let him go home. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> so he see, look, being a Christian, the number one way you know you are being a Christian is by doing something illogical, something that is opposite to what the world does. You see, these things free your spirit from vengeance and revenge and bitterness and unforgiveness. The Bible says that be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. That's why he said. Oh, so he went and withdrew the case. He, he, he thanked me very, very much. He could not imagine that when he woke up that day, by the evening, you'll be dashing a thief money. I said, do it. That's how to be a Christian. So he said, until the Lord come, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels and the intents of the heart. And then shall every man receive praise of God. Amen. Amen. So I wish you loyalty. Why do I wish you loyalty? Number one, because it is the principal requirement for every servant. Look, if we put a collar, we can even put a collar and after putting the collar, put a dog chain on the collar. That will not make you a minister. 
if you don't do things according to God's method, and God says that it is required, not that you should be anointed. I've never heard of any of you heal, healing the sick before, but they are ordaining you. Because the principal requirement is not the gift of healing, but it's your loyalty of having stayed around for years. You've gone to India, you've gone to Sierra Leone, you've gone to, Bang to Bangladesh and India, you've served well, you've come back, you are not insulting anybody, you've got to humble yourself in the local church. That is what qualifies you for promotion. <laughs> Amen. It's the principal requirement. Paul said it is required in stewards that a man should be found faithful. Not your gift. Maybe you are used to sing for, for I don't know and I really don't care. It is your reliability. It is your constancy. It is your saying the same thing. Bishop, that is my father. Would you say 2010, 11, 12 is the same thing you are saying now. It qualifies you for ordination. Number two. I wish you loyalty to fight the faith column. You see, once you understand <laughs> that is probably the most important reason why you should be loyal is that the Bible says that God swore by himself that as long as I live, seed time and harvest time shall never cease. You see, when you are loyal, you are constant, you are reliable, you set yourself up to reap a harvest of also having loyal people with you. As a church, one of the things we have seen is that many people, many pastors who rebel and become disloyal, they end up in divorce. You see, they have sown a seed of, I cannot stay with you, I'll suddenly leave you. And God said, as long as I live, you will reap it. You will be surprised. It will help you in your job. It will help you in your business. It will help you everywhere you go. When I look at myself, for the many years I've been loyal to my father, to my pastor, Bishop Dagwood, God has surrounded me with some of the most loyal people a pastor can have. Many times people look at me and tell me that, look, God has blessed you with very good people. And so that I pretend I can't see. <laughs> Yes, I pretend I can't see. But yes, God has rewarded me for the seeds of loyalty I've sown with very loyal people to me who love me. You too, sow seeds of loyalty because the road of ministry is long. You don't know where you'll be in 30 years' time. Maybe in 40 years' time, you will now be where Bishop Dad is. And what you are doing today, the seeds you are sowing today, will determine, as for the harvest, it will come. But it's the type of harvest you should concern yourself about. That what seeds are you sowing today? The fifth column has to do with the internal enemies. Two-faced hypocrites that Satan plants in every church. Every church has them. 44 countries I've been to everywhere I go, I see them. They are the same. They look the same. They speak the same way. They behave the same way. They, 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 they are even their facial expressions are the same. And sometimes their names are even the same. <laughs> yes. You'll be surprised. When they say, we are going to do this. In the meeting, they agree. Then when the church service closes, they whisper. Pastor wants more money. 
that more a beautiful discussion has been held. Everybody sees their wisdom, and some people they speak with strength and convincing words that you will think they are right. But let me tell you something. Genesis chapter 6, and the Lord spoke to Noah. Genesis chapter 7, and the Lord spoke to Noah. Genesis chapter 8, and the Lord spoke to Noah. Genesis chapter 9, and the Lord spoke to Noah. God never spoke to Noah's sons. <laughs> Read your Bible. God never spoke to Noah's sons. Always God spoke to Noah. Then the Bible said that, and the Lord spoke to Noah and his sons. Immediately after God speaks to Noah and his sons, what happens next? Ham goes to now talk about his father. God spoke to you once. Now look at the problem that has come to the world. From then, God said, I'll never talk to sons again. So you read, and the Lord spoke to Moses, and the Lord spoke to throughout, and the Lord spoke to Moses. When Moses died, the Bible said that, and the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. God will never speak to you something that he has not spoken to their pastor already. God will never speak to you. I'm telling you. Read, read your Bible. <laughs> Jesus said, the prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. Because you should understand that it is what is in you that will destroy you. What is in you is what has the power. You can walk through sugarcane field and carry a sack of sugar back home. You never have diabetes. But it's the sugar that enters your body from drinking Coca-Cola Monday, Sprite Tuesday, Fanta Wednesday, Pepsi Thursday, Miranda Friday, 7-Up Saturday, and Sobolo with sugar Sunday. Because some, some of the Sobolo, the, the sugar is even more than, than Coca-Cola. That's why in this building, Coca-Cola is not accepted here. No, no, no. It cannot walk through the front door. <laughs> yes. The sugar that enters your body, the little sugar that enters your body has more power to kill you than the sack of sugar you carry. It's true. You can swim and wade in oil. You will never die. But the kelewele you eat on Monday, fried yam on Tuesday, fried chicken Wednesday, Fried rice, Thursday. Fried egg, Friday. Indomie, Saturday. And trophy on Sunday. <laughs> the little drops of oil constantly going into your arteries can kill you more than a river of oil that you wade in because the river has not entered you. You will not die. In the same way, nothing from outside the church can destroy the church. You know, I like to give this example. When I was in India, you know, the person whose phone that is, please turn it off. Eh? The Bible says the Lord is his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. I remember when I was in India, twice the government of India investigated me and the church. A nuclear power, they investigated me twice. The church only grew bigger. And so one day, one of the reverend ministers from within, what the Indian government tried twice and failed at, one person from within was able to do it. Yes. 
So you should be careful about what enters you and what is within. And Satan is aware that Jesus said, the prince of this world comes against me, he will fail. But Judas rose up from within. What Satan could not do, Judas did. Because Satan was not within, but Judas was within. Amen. So when we preach about loyalty, and I say, I wish you loyalty, it's to fight that which is within. Hey, so that brother from within, I also took him out from within. <laughs> to protect the church. Amen. Amen. Third reason why I wish you loyalty. It is for the love of God to fill the church. John 13, 35, Jesus said, by this or this is how all men shall know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another not if you have gifting or talent or ability he said if you have love i remember when i joined the church or i came to church or i attended lighthouse one of the main things that made me stay was when i saw the friendship between bishop dag bishop saki bishop adi it was so beautiful. Like, they, I mean, they could tease each other from the stage. They could laugh. I mean, when Bishop is preaching, they'll be like, the, the, the happiness among the leadership is one of the things that attracted me to stay. Whenever there's this loyalty and there's fighting, people become unsure. What is going on? Is there something we don't know? You know? When the prodigal son left the house, everybody, the house was stable. You see, when you see people leaving the church and saying all kinds of things, it doesn't mean there's something bad. It's only a sign that they are prodigal. That's all. <laughs> That's all. Is that, did the prodigal son not come back home? If the place was so bad, would, would he have come? Listen to what he himself said, though. I will return to my father. He said, ah, the servants in my father's house. That same house he left to. He's now telling us what truly goes on in the father's house. He said, they even have bread enough to eat and to spare. And look at me here, perishing with hunger. Who told you to go and perish with hunger? And that prodigal son, he should thank God that when he came, the father was alive. Oh. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should thank God. And all prodigal sons should pray that the father lives long. But when we are loyal, you see love filling the church. The Bible says that love covers. Love doesn't expose. Love doesn't expose. Love covers sins. Love covers sins. So even if you see a sin, the Bible says God is love. So if you are a Christian and you have God, you will have love and you will cover. Anybody you see exposing sins, the person is an ungodly person. I'm telling you. Who did Jesus expose? When the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, what did Christ say? The Bible said we caught in the bread. The Pharisees were exposing sins. Even Judas. Jesus never. The Bible says, and Jesus knew from the beginning who would betray him. He never uncovered his son. 
He was with him. Promoted him to be treasurer. Even gave him food to eat. Never said a word. Don't you think? Let me ask you. If Jesus had said, Judas will, will betray me, what do you think Peter would have done to Judas? You, you, you think about it. If Jesus had said, even the high priest said, servant who is following the crowd who came to catch Jesus. He wasn't part of um, the Roman soldiers. He wasn't part. But those who came, he was following them. Look at what Peter did to him. Imagine Jesus now saying that Judas is going to betray me. What do you think Peter would have done to Judas? <laughs> Even Judas, Jesus never said a word about him. He just kept on advising him, don't do what you are doing. No, don't do. The person who betrays me, he, said, he was talking in parables. Jesus never exposed even the sin of Judas. Which was even against him personally. He never said it. A godly person doesn't expose sins. So I'm telling you. That's why even in my personal life, I don't allow married couples to say bad things against each other. Hmm. There is a problem. Solve it at all. <laughs> solve, solve it at all. Don't come and tell me. I don't need to know. If it's a problem that's like a great problem you don't know how to, then tell me. The Bible says that why should we subject to her own husband, not to the pastor? This to the pastor. To the husband. You will misbehave at home. Then you can report to the pastor when they beat you. Go home and go and submit yourself. There is. <laughs> one day a certain wife a certain wife wanted to come and report her husband to me then a more experienced wife with me told her don't try that thing you're going to do <laughs> no, no 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 that guy you go and report your husband to him. It will not end well. No matter what the problem is. So the lady didn't come. Later on, this girl was saying that this girl wanted to come and report the husband to her. And I told her that she, she, she shouldn't bother. And I said, oh, you gave her good advice. You gave her good advice. One of the top causes of marital discord is the exposing of Spouses. Because the Bible says, slander not your neighbor who lies securely by you. <laughs> because when you do that, eh, later on, every time the person is lying by you, he's wondering, what will this person go and say? So he said, the person is always tensed. What will this person go and say? What will this person go and say? What will this person go and say? The elder, more older wife told this younger, very exuberant, but I'm angry with you. I'm going to report to a pastor. He said, hey, who? Don't try it. <laughs> it's true. And it leads to more stable marriages. I'm telling you the truth. Do not become a faithful. Look, 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 everybody is entitled to sin and to make mistakes. The Bible says, when you sin, Jesus Christ is your advocate or your lawyer. Even God has made provision for your sin tomorrow. 
and the sin you will commit next year. God expects you. Look, God knows you sin and you have made a way for your sin in five years time to be forgiven. Why can't you also forgive like God has forgiven? Every day, I'm not happy about this. And you are perpetually unhappy. Because the person who you are married to, God even knows the person who say, but you don't know the person who say, why? If you were godly, you'd also make provision for the person's sins. It's true. Let us be loyal so that we will work more in love. Look, every one of us needs some more love, eh? How many of you are starved of love? No, I didn't say beloved. You see, for don't, 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 don't. I didn't say beloved. I said love. Like somebody who just cares for you, not even because the person wants to marry you, but somebody who just likes you. Oh, it's not every day that beloved must come into your mind. Oh, you should be able to call a friend, even a female friend, and just take the person out, go and eat, laugh, and then go home. Without thinking about proposal. Oh, what are you talking about? Every day proposal. Every day proposal. Oh, and the women too. It's not every time they take you out that you should wear lipstick and makeup, and it's like you are presenting yourself as a living sacrifice. Oh, you should be able to go out, wear it, and say have a good night. Then you go home and go and sleep. That's all. Oh. It's not every day marriage, every day marriage. Uh. Number four. Number four. Number four. So, dear pastors, you know, as you go on into higher heights in ministry, let love characterize more of the things you do. Learn to be more forgiven. Recently, I told someone that, look, I know that when you look at my face, I look very fearful. I know. But I can also assure you that I am the most reasonable person you can ever meet. But I think, I don't know why God has given me the face I have. I don't know why. I can't explain it. <laughs> I don't know why God did that. Maybe to balance the two. I don't know. <laughs> yes. You will be surprised that I may be your best friend and your best helper. It's true. Yes. Look, everybody, look, everybody has something about yourself you don't like. I know you're all looking nice in your suit, but everybody has something about yourself that you don't like. So the person you are trying to judge and criticize, he has his own weights he's carrying, you know. When you meet the person, try, try to lighten the weight of people. Not increase their weights. Try to lighten their weights. I'm telling you, everybody is struggling with something. Look, the church is not a perfect place. The church is like a clinic. Everybody who is coming has a sickness. That's why they have come. They are not coming because they are perfect. They are coming because they are looking for hope. So, allow people to be happy. This morning, some brother called me. I cannot come to church today. I have to learn for tomorrow. I typed. Look, it's not by coming to church that you fill your exam. But if you fail, you fail. It's not the church attendant that will let you fill your exam. So I actually typed the text. 
I said, you know, this guy, he's a baby Christian. Even if I tell him the truth, he won't even understand what I'm saying. Number two, he will still not come. He won't come. And number three, he will think I'm angry with him. So I deleted the message and said, Suki, just stay at home and learn. And may the Holy Spirit help you to pass tomorrow. That's all. For the game will you do? I said, he will still not come. You can tell him that Jesus will be here to pray for him. He will still not come. He had decided not to come. It's not your mercy that will let him come. Yes. Try to walk more in love and acceptance. Amen. Number four. I wish you loyalty so that you will have a large and successful ministerial team. Amen. As you go on in ministry, you will, you will learn that you cannot do it alone. And that the larger your team, the more successful you will be. Starting from God, he said, let us make man. Even God had a team. Let us make man in our own image. God is not one. God is three in one. Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham had soldiers, 400 men who were trained. His success didn't come because of he alone. His success was because of he and the people he was with. Jacob also had a lot of people he was with. Isaac, his men went to dig the well. He didn't dig the well himself. His men went to dig the well and it was accredited to he, Isaac. If you are working perfectly in loyalty, God will bless you with a large team so that the extent to which you can go physically, which is limited, your team will help you to go further. Many years ago, in 2006, Bishop gave me some work to do to send his messages to the whole world. When he gave me the project there, Makane. I remember when I held the CDs, I laid hands on the CDs in my office in Sakaman, and I prayed. I said, Lord, where Bishop's voice ends, let my work help his voice to go further. Where he stretches his hand, where his hand ends, let my work let his hand go further. Lord, where he stretches his feet and the end, let my work make his feet go further. Look, when you are loyal, God will bless you with loyal people also, which will help your work to go further. Because you alone cannot do much. The Bible says the word of God was preached, and great was the company of them that published it. Even Jesus, when he came as God, the first thing he did was to create a team of loyal people. God, the first thing he did before he began to preach, created a team. Apostle Paul also had his team. All the apostles had their teams. I want to bless you with loyalty so that God will also bless you with loyal people so that your ministry can become bigger, more successful in Jesus' name. Number five. Are you happy you came to church? To have a mega church. I wish you loyalty so that you will have a mega church and a mega ministry. The more loyal people you have, the bigger your ministry will be. And finally, I wish you loyalty to have a long-lasting ministry. You see, when God blesses you with a ministry and a large ministry, the blessing is that even if some of your sons turn against you, there will be many more remaining. Yes. And by all means, as for sons of perdition, they are part of the ministry. 
But it cannot be that all your sons are sons of perdition. Ooh. Amen. May God bless you with loyalty so that your ministry, whatever it is God has called you to do, will outlive you. Amen. That after you live, there will be loyal people to carry it on Amen. and carry it further. I mean, we are blessed and God has blessed Bishop in the union so that even the, his sons who are sons of perdition, many more, like for everyone who is a son of perdition, there are 1,000, literally, who are not sons of perdition. So loyalty creates a long-lasting ministry where now the ministry is beyond God grown, beyond what he alone can do. I wish you loyalty as we come to the end of this message. Let it be your governing principle. I also wish you loyalty because everybody who was disloyal didn't end well. Everybody. So I wish you loyalty primarily also for your own sakes. For your safety, your personal safety and your security and that of the generations that you are bringing forth. You look at Lucifer, the first rebel. How did he end? He was the archangel above Michael and Gabriel. But through disloyalty, he fell. That now people like you and I can bind him and cast him out. Through disloyalty, he fell low to the lowest position. Through disloyalty, he was bound in the bottomless pit. Through disloyalty. It is not in your interest to become a disloyal person. Shimei, Dathan, Korah, Abiram, Absalom. Where did they all end up? Ahitophel and Judas, Demas. What happened to all of them? May none of these be your portion in the name of Jesus. But I wish you the blessings of loyal people like Abraham. I wish you the blessings of loyal people like Jacob. I wish you the blessings of loyal people like Isaac. I wish you the blessings of loyal people like Job. Who never turned his back on God. No matter the physical situation he went through. I wish you the blessings of loyal people like David. I wish you the blessing of loyal people like Isaiah. I wish you the blessings of loyal people like Jeremiah. Who even though he cried, never turned his back on God. I wish you the loyalty of Christ. Who has ended up as king of kings and lord of lords. Even though he obeyed and his obedience led to death. He still obeyed. He still remained loyal. And today, he is king of kings and lord of lords. The father is not king of kings. The Holy Spirit is not king of kings. Jesus, the one who died for his loyalty, is the one who became king of kings and lord of lords. I wish you the loyalty of Christ. That defies the physical environment and the physical occurrences that happen in ministry. He told Moses, shall we receive good of the Lord and shall we not receive evil also? He told Moses that in the ministry, you will eat the meat but with bitter herbs. When you, go, when you eat the bitter herbs, may it not cause you to stop seeing the meat and the blessings that come with it. I wish you the loyalty of Peter. That even though he fell terribly and publicly, he rose again. 
No matter what situation comes, no matter if you fall, I wish you the loyalty of Peter that you rise seven times, you rise again seven times. Shasukepa, I wish you the loyalty of Paul who said, after being beaten and left for dead, that through much tribulation, we must enter the kingdom. He shook himself, continued to minister. I wish you the loyalty of Paul. And I wish you the loyalty of John, who believed in things that he could not see and wrote them for our guidance today. Never swaying or swerving from being true to the words that were spoken to him. I wish you the loyalty of Moses, who was faithful to God in all his generation. I wish you also the loyalty and the blessings of the loyalty of Abraham through whom multitudes of Gentiles today are blessed. Though you fall, may you rise. Though you fall, may you rise. For it is given unto men both to fall and to rise. Kafisama, where you fall, may you not stay down. Amen. Where you go into the valley of the shadow of death, may you go through it. Amen. Kashumaka, in the realm of the spirit, I pull you out of every dark pit. Amen. Kashumaka, you shall not remain there. I pull you out Amen. of every dark pit. Kashuma, your feet shall not slip in the miry clay. Kalubasumakaya, but the Lord enlarges your feet. Sakufalukasumakaya. Kasima asuke abulasima. Nothing shall keep you down. Nothing shall keep you in. Nothing shall harm you in. The enemy has lost as concerning you. Kashamukafaya. The enemy has lost. I hear a voice in the spirit saying, The enemy has lost as concerning you. The enemy has lost as concerning you. Shapakafula basia katohala. Yukoshimakofala. For he upholds you by the right hand of his righteousness. His righteousness shall be your shield. His righteousness shall be your rampant. Though a thousand fall at your left, ten thousand fall at your right, it shall, come, it shall not come near you. Mafaku salabasubakaya. Karo shabakala. Askutabaya. I see you escaping from every plague. I see you escaping from every calamity. Sakotaya. Where you are surrounded like bees, the Lord shall cut them down. Kalobasama. The Lord shall cut down your enemies. The Lord shall mow down your enemies like grass before him. Mapa Fokasukala in Tofekala. You shut up. Your enemies are defeated. Your enemies are defeated. Your enemies are made like bread for you. Kashuka Pafokala. Their strength is taken away from them. Their strength is taken away from them. Shaka Folakisamaya. Afuka Sumekafiakata. 
You shall both survive. You shall both prevail. You shall both overcome. You shall both do well. You shall end up at the top. For many other persecutions of the righteous, his tribulations, his anguish, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Therefore, be delivered also from the disloyal man. Be, disloyal, be delivered from the false brother. May the seed of Satan be expunged from you. Shallah, may he have nothing in you. May the Holy Spirit therefore fill you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Every time you are judged, may you come out blameless. The Lord is on your side. The Lord is on your side. Be thou therefore strong and of a good courage. Shafukalia in Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and with every eye closed, maybe you were invited for this ordination service. But I want to say, Pastor, pray with me before we close. I want to be born again. I want to rededicate my life to God. I want to surrender to Jesus. If you are here like that, please lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you before we close. Maybe somebody invited you to church. You want to surrender to Jesus. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. If you were to die now, heaven or hell, where will you go to? Are you sure you'll go to heaven? My sister, please let me pray with you before we close. Just lift up your right hand wherever you are. I'll pray with you. Father, I thank you for the gift of life which you give us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's all say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, this morning, I come before you just as I am. Please forgive me for all my sins. I confess that I am a sinner. Wash me with your blood in the name of Jesus. Please write my name in your book of life so that when I die, I will come to heaven. Holy Spirit, please come and live in me. Help me. Strengthen me to live the life of a Christian all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Please take, please put your hands together as you take your seats. I would like the